Oh, heavy news week, Tyler. Yes, we got some good news, some bad news, and some some really sad news. Yeah. I kind of I kind of feel like maybe we should start off there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so for those those of you who haven't heard, which I'm sure everybody who cares about entertainment television has probably heard now, that uh, Chadwick Boseman of Black Panther and 21 Bridges and quite a few other great movies has uh, recently passed away, lost a four-year battle to colon cancer. Yeah, yeah, I had uh, I had no idea he he had that. I don't think anyone really did, to be honest. I. I certainly had not even the slightest idea. When I heard that, I was just, I was stunned. Yeah. And from what I was reading, like, like, I don't think he, he said anything about it. Like, I think he just kind of went about his business while he was kind of dealing with it, which I get, like, you don't want to make your shit like crazy public, but. Well, you, you'd have to think you would have had to have done, um medical type things for some of these movies right for insurance and liability purposes right so i imagine it wasn't like a total secret no no but at the same time like it's you know with that you know whatever the he needs to provide for insurance they probably don't disclose that to anyone right so mm, yeah that's true but, but yeah it's sad you know especially because yeah. he was He's pretty young too, right? Like, he was forty-two or forty-three, I believe. Yeah, and like really started to seem like he was kind of hitting his prime, right? You know. Yeah, he was he was taking off big time. You know, because it was was it like twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen is when he kind of started doing a lot of the big movies, like mm-hmm. uh, that baseball movie. And then kind of after that, he just started to get big. And obviously Black Panther, right? But yeah, sad news indeed. Yeah, very, very unfortunate. Yeah, very sudden too. So yeah, well. Yeah, Yeah. well, rest in peace, Chadwick. Yeah, hopefully people give him, give his family, you know, some time to, you know, hopefully they don't get berated, you know, his the press can often do in Hollywood. Yeah. So hopefully that all goes good, but yeah, sad news. Mm-hmm. Wakanda forever. Yes. Yes. Rest in peace. Well, I mean, that's a hard angle to try and switch gears from, but yeah, but so getting the, getting, getting the sad news out of the way. Here's some interesting news. James McAvoy is going to narrate a UK reality TV show. Yeah, I find that really odd. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I mean, I think he's from the UK, so I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, I get it, but I mean, he's he's not small time. He's, He's a big time guy. Yeah. So like, and this this isn't even a big time reality show. Like the grand prize money is a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So like, it's yeah. not like he's it, this is some sort of like grandiose reality television show that's going to be broadcast around the world with you know million dollars at stake here. Like this is a pretty yeah pretty low tier um, reality yeah. TV show that he's gonna narrate. 
yeah, it's like a five episode uh, reality TV show where uh, people are tasked with building a bridge to an island. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is weird. Like, I, I wonder if someone called in a favor. Like, I w- wonder if like he knows someone that was that's like somewhat a part of it, and they're just like, "Hey, yo, you want to do this?" Yeah, or maybe he's got some skin in the game. Maybe he's somehow involved with production or something, and was like, "I'll just be more involved." I don't know. Or maybe he just wants a really easy paycheck. Yeah, I mean that too. You know, I to to be to be fair to his credit, and I mean, granted, this could change as the series comes. But the one thing I've seen and I've heard of a lot of celebrities doing as of late, especially with COVID and filming being like a disaster piece all over the world, is I see lots and lots of people are turning to voice work. Yeah, yeah, and he just did that um, that Sandman audiobook. Mm-hmm. And. Uh... Yeah, like it it uh, it kind of reminds me of oh shit. Uh, remember in Entourage where Vince does that uh, commercial overseas for Mad Bank? Yeah, and they're explaining that like everyone's doing it because it's like easy money for like a day's worth of stuff. Like yeah. I wonder if voice work is the new like equivalent of that, where people are just like, it takes a day and it's it's an easy paycheck. You know, like I guess what a lot of people you know sometimes forget about is like acting as a job you know they still gotta make money so i wonder if this is just a case of people going hey this is really easy and they're paying me half decent that's kind of where i'm kind of where my head's at that's kind of what i'm thinking here because i mean it, it seems like that's becoming like we're breaking a lot of um <sighs> entertainment norms yeah you know within the last couple of years right like like the biggest one that comes to my mind right is you used to see someone and they would start on tv and then if they were good or they were big, they would move to movies. And like, that was the goal, right? Like, hopefully you can get on TV, establish yourself, and then move into film and become a big film actor. But you never really saw it go the other way, right? If you were a big no. film actor, you never saw them go to TV. But now you're seeing big time, big name, high paying actors going to television series. Yeah. yeah and I, I definitely like it for the better. Like, I feel like that kind of... The big shift, at least I think, where where that happened was um, when Woody Harrelson and McConaughey did True Detective. I, I, I also like, I would I would agree with you. I feel like that was definitely also the big shift. Like I feel like that was when like big name actors like kind of started to realize that like hey, there's good shit on TV, and the old saying of like once you go back to TV, like that's where your career kind of dies. You know, I feel like that didn't become the case anymore um no it's great like i love it because then you get great tv shows you know with this talent but well and, and honestly as far as finances goes if you land yourself on a decent tv show that puts out quite a few seasons and then it goes into syndication you're laughing for the rest of your life yeah pretty much well like, know, like seinfeld and like everyone from the big bang theory everyone from friends like none of those guys ever need to work again no. But I feel like the caveat too, like with um like with actors going to TV is like you don't really see it with like primetime networks. Like you see it with like paid networks and uh like streaming yes. services, right? You know, which I yes. think is is still totally fair because I think, you know, if 
if it was announced tomorrow that James McAvoy is doing like a like a Fox TV primetime show, I'd be like, okay, James McAvoy is never coming back in a movie again. Um, but okay, yeah, that that's fair because like when you do think of some of the the Hollywood actors who've come down to TV shows, like you you do th- like the True Detectives, right? Which is HBO or um, Billions comes to mind, right? Yeah, billions. With, Right, and that's also that's like paid cable network television, right? Or uh, Hunters on Amazon Prime. Yeah, which I just started watching, by the way. So we can talk about that later. But okay, cool. Um, but yeah, like you don't really see them being on like ABC's new cop drama, you know, starring you know whoever. You know, I think that that is still probably like if that's the work, <laughs> if that's the work you're gonna go for, then I think that's what you're committing to. But. Yeah, I feel like you're probably not going to see The Rock playing alongside Donnie Wahlberg in Blue Bloods anytime soon. No. Hey, I don't mind Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> but not Blue Bloods. But yeah, like I I like it. Like I I think it's cool that you know these these actors are doing this, you know, especially with some of the voice work like that um, Sandman audiobook was really, really cool. Like, I just finished it the other week, and to hear, like, these awesome, like, James McAvoy's got a great voice, so, like, it lends itself well to voice work, but to get them in stuff, like, that you normally wouldn't have seen, like, five years ago is kind of rad. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if The Bridge is anything I'm going to rush out to see, but it, it definitely is just interesting to see someone of, like, his talent and caliber decide that he's going to do narration for not even just a TV show, but a reality TV show in the UK. Just yeah, struck me as odd. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of I mean, someone else that had voice work in that Sandman audiobook, Taron Edgerton. Oh, uh, yes. He's got a Tetris film coming out, I see. Yes. Which I didn't read into at all, so I'm just gonna hope that it's not actually about Tetris. It's 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 kind of about how it was made, but how, how the game came to be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's acceptable. Like if it yeah. was like a a movie, like they did, tried to do one years ago, and it was a Tetris movie, and it literally was like blocks moving into place, and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, it reminds, that reminds me of that really awful Adam Sandler one. Oh, shit, what was that one called? Yeah, I don't know. There's so many. You're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> uh, the video game one he did. Um, Pixels? Yes. Never saw it, so can't really yeah. comment. You don't. Uh, but it yeah. did look not appealing. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, but yeah, no, this is like um, kind of one of those like, kind of real life like kind of behind the scenes kind of thing about um kind of how it was made and apparently it's seems like it's kind of an interesting story um and there's some really weird rights stuff with tetris that it seems like they're going to touch on so i'm sure that'll be interesting it was just like that one that came out within the last couple of years here that was about the people who wrote and created the Wonder Woman character, I believe. That sounds right. That sounds familiar. 
There also was one about the guy who invented Superman. But there was yeah. one recently about a woman who helped create Wonder Woman, like the comic series, and like it, but it was all about how it came to be and not actually Wonder Woman. I can't remember the title for the life of me, but it yeah. got really good reviews. Yeah. Yeah, and in uh, in the interview that um, this article is from, he's kind of comparing it to like kind of the social network kind of thing, where it's like, hey, here's the here's the crazy story behind the thing, you know. Which definitely has me intrigued, but I mean, that's a pretty bold claim to compare it to the social network, because in my opinion, the social network was one of one of like the best films of like the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah, which is fair. Um, so like who knows whether it'll be um up to that caliber but but it looks like um from reading this it's going to focus on the rights to the game which apparently is quite quite the insane story so yeah well and i i really like i really like Taryn as an actor too so i'm i'm definitely yeah, into into checking this one out yeah i quite like him too so i mean i'll watch pretty much everything that he's in so i think he's he's really good so yeah, I don't know if this has a director or not. Yeah, I didn't see anything other than okay. he was in it. I'm kind of curious if it's got got a director. Hopefully it's Olivia Wilde so she can get some more experience. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I don't even see it listed on his IMDb. So this must be real early then. Yeah. If I'm not even seeing it here. But hmm. yeah, I'm curious. I I always like these kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, stories like um, what was the last one uh, that one with Jessica Chastain about the poker? Mm, yes, that was a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Which I think was Aaron Sorkin writing. Did Aaron Sorkin write The Social Network too? Uh yes. It sounded like a maybe. It was the, who's I'm, it was it was him or it was, I, okay. It was Aaron Sorkin and then David Fincher uh, That's directed. It. And I That's think Aaron it. Sorkin actually directed um Molly's game as well. Gotcha. Yeah, I knew I wanted I knew it was Sorkin, but I was like also had David Fincher his fucking name in my head, and then of course that movie, The Social Network, that is, was done by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yep. One of the best movie scores of all time. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, Molly's Game was uh, Aaron Sorkin's first like director job, pretty much. So, hmm. well, He did a good job. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been writing for so fucking long that I think it'd be a pretty easy step. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, well, that's that's exciting. I have to see see that one when that comes out. Hopefully, we get a trailer in the next year because I'm curious. Yeah, and being that I, I kind of really want to know who writes it and directs it. Mm -hmm. I know they're looking for someone. Get Aaron Sorkin. I feel like that guy's just super busy all the time, though. I feel like that is too. But I feel like he's probably at the point where like his writing is just a well-oiled machine. But. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm on board with that. In other news, that has me both excited and extremely terrified. Yes. Is the 
CBS doing a Stephen King nine episode miniseries of Stephen King's The Stand. Yes. Which yeah. I'm excited for because I love Stephen King's stuff. I like I don't I haven't read all of his stuff, but there are various books of his that I read. But like just the general tone and feel and his storytelling, I'm just I'm a Stephen King fan. And so I've loved the fact that they instead of trying to do these fucking one and a half hour Stephen King movies, the like shift to taking Stephen King's literary work and turning them into like miniseries, like the one that they just did on HBO. Yeah. Which now is blanking in my head, but yeah, me too. That 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 series on fucking HBO was amazing. It was so goddamn good. And like when they redid it and did it in like two two and a half hour long movies, like that was really fucking good. Like I'm yeah. really happy that they're doing this, but I'm terrified that it's CBS. It's CBS. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's um. Uh, that was kind of my feelings too, especially because, um, like, I might feel different if it was like CBS is doing like a different Stephen King one, but they're doing The Stand, which is like his one of his biggest pieces of work. Um, and like that, some people probably say, arguably, like one of his best. Um, so yeah, it's weird. <sighs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm super concerned, very excited, but super concerned. Cause like, I think it has the potential to be good, but like, I just don't know if CBS is the right one for it. Like I'm it's just because CBS is like a normal, like primetime kind of network. Right. So I'm terrified that it's going to have to be toned down. Yeah. But this is their, it's their all access, um, streaming platform that it's going on to. I know, but I'm still not convinced. Yeah, me neither. Um, Mind you, I haven't actually checked out any of their CBS All Access stuff. I know that they have that Star Trek series on there, um, which I think has gotten, like, mixed, I want to say mixed feelings from people. Um, I haven't watched it yet, so can't comment. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm, like, I hope it does well. But at the same time, like it's it's CBS. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know. Like it looks like they've got filming a lot of it filmed already. Yeah. From what I found that. online, so it's supposed to come out in December. So I mean, we're not that far away. So it's something I will definitely be checking out. At the yeah. very least, I hope they treat it better than ABC treated Under the Dome. Oh God. Yeah, that was awful. Because I was so excited for that one. And I got into it like initially and then it just progressively got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it was not good. Um, yeah, I actually went through that audiobook like six months ago and I just remembered that show and I was like, oh God, that show was awful. Yeah, not that great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I'm looking at some of the cast and it cast looks decent I mean looking at the cast is like Alexander Skarsgård James Marsden a few other people seems like I, are, I, I like Alexander Skarsgård yeah me too He's he was True Blood right if I am not mistaken uh, yes I believe he was in that that's what I'm thinking of 
He also was in Straw Dogs, the movie Straw Dogs. Yeah, he was in True Blood. Yes. Um, he was Eric. Yeah, I never watched True Blood, so. Really? That's... No. It, they touted it, you know, they touted it as like a, a dark, gruesome, nudity-filled kind of like, like rom-com drama. Like, it definitely felt like it was geared more towards like chicks. But like, right. it was a good fucking show. And it was graphic, and it was violent, and it was just chock full of fucking nudity that probably didn't need to be there, but I appreciated it either way. It was a great, great show. Like I actually, from start to finish, thoroughly enjoyed that series. It's it's one of my favorite HBO series. Yeah, I've heard that, and I've always meant to go back and and check it out. It's just one of those ones that I've never gotten around to going back and checking out. But that that's fair because I've always heard good things about it. Um, but yeah, this is I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'm just going to not think about it until it comes out in December and then reserve my judgment till then. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm also curious to you because being that Stephen King stuff is like naturally fairly dark, like I don't know if CBS, like their all access one, if they're keeping stuff like fairly family friendly on it or if they're, if they have some like kind of higher rated stuff. You know, and I, I feel like this could be a smart and defining move for CBS if they do it right, where they can go, hey, look, the stuff that we air on cable television, like some of it's more like adult themed, but I mean, like it's for the general public. Like anyone can just tune to our channel and watch our stuff. But it, And it would be nice if they're like, oh, but if you come to our streaming platform, look, we actually do have some dark and gritty and very, very mature adult audience only type shows that you could get behind. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that would be the smart play. Um, I don't feel like it's gonna go that way, but that would be the smart play. Yeah, I feel like that would be the smart play, but I mean, it's CBS here, so yeah, I don't know. I hope it's good, but it'd be nice because I like I like me some Stephen King stuff when it's done right. Yeah, so I mean, if as long as this just keeps pushing more Stephen King stuff to come to more stretched out media formats. I'm all for it. I mean, I'm going to be upset when some of the networks that don't do justice to his literary works go awry. Like that'll bum me out. But I mean, the fact mm. is, is like the more people that are willing to take these and go, look, we have to do this differently. Like it's a big yeah. book. There's lots to cover. We're not doing a movie. We're going to do, you know, a mini series or something to that effect. Right. So, like I, I, but I wish HBO would just get all the rights to it. Cause they did such a good job with the outsider. Like I think HBO yeah. should fucking have all the Stephen King stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm trying to think cause yeah, like nine episodes almost doesn't seem like enough. Cause I'm, the stand is huge. Like I'm, I'm looking at, looking at my audible, like the audio book for it is fucking huge. I want to say it's like some disgusting length. It is. Like it's long. It's like almost 50 hours. 
Wow. Yeah, that's going to be really hard to do in nine. Yeah. Well, mind you, I guess nine hours of actual footage. Yeah, but it still seems seems short. But at the same time, I mean, you're not going to cover everything in the book, right? Nothing ever does. So, I don't know. Uh-huh. Have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. So I see Joe Exotic is finally getting a series. Yeah. Yeah. And this is uh, the thing that I actually kind of found most interesting about this is not the fucking Joe Exotic stuff. Because, I mean, Tiger King was, was decent. But what I found interesting is that they're going to roll it out on like three like mb on three of nbc's like networks they're going to do it on their basic cable their peacock streaming service and the usa network hmm. which that was the the kind of part that i found in, interesting i think they would have to because i mean let's be let's be completely honest like peacock doesn't really their fucking offering right now isn't anywhere to put them anywhere near the the mainstream streaming services right now. So, and I don't, as interesting this is going to be, it's still like, we're still coming off the heels of Joe exotic and like Mm. how hot it was, but it's already fallen off. Like you don't see the, the Joe exotic Carol Baskin memes nearly as much as you used to. So I feel like that craze and that demand and that, like, this is so wild has has started to taper off. So I don't know, like they're not going to be able to ride that wave. No, and I feel like the whole, like, Joe Exotic, Tiger King, Carol Baskin, like, what made, I think what made that do so well is it literally came out, like, the month the whole world went into lockdown. Yeah, so, I don't know. I I think what's going to be the deciding, like, I'm sure Kate McKinnon can play a great Carol Baskins. Oh, yeah. But, like, like, just reading the plot that it's kind of like Kate McKinnon plays as Carol Baskins and then she has a falling out with Joe Exotic who then, you know, gets convicted of killing her. So if they have her cast, like, she's a pretty big player, right? So I wonder, like, if it's Joe Exotic, but it's going to be majority from, like, a story about Carol Baskins dealing with this shit? Yeah, I don't know. Because if it is, I don't think it's going to do that well, because what made Joe Exotic so entertaining was fucking Joe Exotic. And they're going to have competition, because it also looks like... Nicholas Cage is slated to make a television premiere in a Tiger King show that he's going to produce, that he'll star yeah. in, produced by Imagine Television Studios and CBS. So, yeah. like, not the only one coming out with a Joe Exotic show. And, like, I like Kate McKinnon and all, but let's be honest, if I'm sitting there and I'm like, ooh, do I watch Nicholas Cage's Joe Exotic or do I watch a show with Kate McKinnon as Carol Baskins? I'm watching Nick Cage. Oh, especially as this crazy fucking Joe Exotic character. Like, yeah, of course. That's that's getting that's getting the winning vote in my books as well. Yeah, so I don't know. A lot of uh a lot of maybes for this one. Yeah, and I feel like um like kinda as the the kind of big, I guess, Tiger King like kind of movement came where everyone was super hot on it like i feel like weeks after that you just saw article after article of like different networks picking up different versions of the story yeah get it well it's hot 
Yeah. So it's yeah, it's interesting. Like I'll I'll watch it, um, because I I think that story was was fascinating. Um, I'll bet a little overrated, but yeah. Triggered my Google Home for some reason, so I just heard that. Yeah, I have no idea why, but yeah, check it out. So, so in other news, Altered Carbon has been canceled, which I can't say really surprised me. I mean, I like, I I honestly did not, I have not watched the second season yet, but I did watch the first season and I got halfway through the first season and just completely feigned any interest in the show. And it was like almost a year later, I went back to actually finish what I had started like yeah. it started off so thro- strong and the idea was was so good especially yeah. there's all that hype coming out around um and what was that movie the oh. one with Brian uh, Gosling yeah yeah um the Blade Runner one mm-hmm yep 2049 yeah yeah so I was all hyped for it and then the it just I don't know lost my interest like halfway through just became something I didn't care about and therefore never bothered with the second one. So I can't say I'm shocked that Netflix canceled it. Cause from what I heard, it was pretty costly to do. Yeah. And I actually liked the first season. Um, I didn't like, I wasn't like head over heels on it, but like I watched it and I quite enjoyed it. Um, and then I had a buddy that was real hot on the first season and, uh, he texted me when the second season came out. He was like, "Yeah, dude, this is this is not good." And <laughs> it's like, so I feel like, like being that that show was, uh, like you said, maybe a little bit costly to make. Like it did just well enough for them to be like, "Okay, we'll do a second season," and then maybe some of their decisions to like not keep the same actor or whatever. And I'm not saying this is Anthony Mackie's fault, but like being that. Like maybe that, like them kind of being like, oh, it's this, it's like almost this new story with this new person kind of thing. Yeah, I honestly, like I said, I never watched the second one. So like, I don't know if it got good again, if they were able to revive it or if it just kept the downhill momentum that uh, the first one had going halfway through. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't very, it wasn't highly praised or highly talked about either though, right? Like I don't think it landed very well with the critics and I'm pretty confident that like most of my friends that I've talked to that have watched it have all said the same thing. We're like halfway through the first season, they just stopped caring. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it maybe had just enough of like kind of almost like a cult-like following for the first season that they were like, okay, we'll do a second season. And then maybe it it just didn't do as good. Mm-hmm. My guess is like just enough people kind of were hot on the first season where they're like, "Yep, yeah, let's, let's do another one," you know. And they got Anthony Mackie in, which you know he's a he's a big name, you know, actor. You know, people are gonna recognize him from the from the Marvel shit, right? Yeah. You know, and then maybe people watched it and was like, "Oh." Maybe I just don't like Altered Carbon. <laughs> yeah, that, that very well could be it. So, I mean, I mean, unfortunate for everyone involved with that show, but I mean, it doesn't yeah. 
doesn't surprise me and I'm not heartbroken over it. It's just no, interesting, either. but yeah, my heart like will, will go on. Yeah. Like I will say like the, uh, the VFX and the, like how that show that that first season was shot. Like I thought it looked really good. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I had that going for it and there was some really interesting lore stuff, you know, like with that fucking hotel that was alive and stuff. I thought some of that stuff was kind of cool. Yeah, it definitely had some interesting as- aspects to it. I just I and like not to jab at the at the writers, but like it was a good concept. Yeah. The cinematography was very well done. Mm-hmm. It's just the individual storylines just weren't enough to like grab someone and hold their attention unlike other television yeah. series, right? I feel like that was their problem. Yeah. It's like maybe they tried to do far too much or yeah, I, don't... I don't know. Almost seemed like a like a pacing issue. Mm-hmm. They just didn't. The writers didn't have their pacing right because, you know, it was leading up, and then a lot. It sounds like a lot of people kind of fell off in the middle of it, and then, you know, the end is maybe, you know, picks back up. But if you lose people halfway through and don't keep that momentum going, you know. Well, and and that's kind of where I think like they tried to do too much and didn't do any of it particularly well, like. Because yes, like the the plot in general was was very intriguing, and uh, like the cinematography and that world they created was super cool. But like at its core, it was kind of like a drama movie mixed with an action, like drama show mixed with action, mixed with like mystery and suspense. Yeah, and they didn't really like nail it at any point. Like you'd have a brief scene where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm a little curious. Mm-hmm. But then they would like I I would feign interest in whatever the mystery was happening, and then they would do action scenes, but they'd be very short lived, and then they would be few and far between, and then they would kind of swing over and do some like dramatic stuff where it's like, oh look, these everyone has feelings and they're sad, and you're yeah. like, okay, but what what's going on with this mystery? And like it just seems like when they switch gears to a different element of the story, they focused on it too much. And it put the other elements just too far in the background that when they switched back to another element, they were so far in the background that it was just hard to like bring them front and center again, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel what you're saying. I think that's, yeah, too much going on. Yeah. Oh, oh, another one down in Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, uh, what is it? Two or three seasons and then they just cancel. Yeah, I'll forgive him for this one, but I'm still not going to fucking forgive him for canceling the society on me. Eh, fair enough. Fair enough. Which in like semi-related, but also very unrelated news, I did recently read an article where the guy who created the society is like, yes, this sucks and we're not happy about it, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to try and get another season made, even if it's not a Netflix. Oh, well, there you so, go. So that gives me a glimmer of hope. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Yep. Right. I see HBO is doing some stuff. Yes. A new show called Fear. Yes. The uh based on a a novel. And it had a film at one point too. And now HBO is picking it up for a series. Yeah, and so I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, me too, especially it's the Westworld people, you know. Well, it's the Westworld people, like Jonathan Nolan. It's also in part with Robert Downey Jr.'s production company. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's some big names attached to this project. Yeah. 
Yeah, the uh, the premise seems really cool. Where it's like basically takes place at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always that's that's a fascinating um kind of landscape. I don't think enough stuff does underwater. Mind you, it's pretty hard. Uh, yeah, it it would be difficult, but I I definitely I'm with you. I think it would be fascinating and interesting to explore that side of things because you get too many shows that are like in space or about aliens and stuff and it's like, yeah, that's cool because it's unexplored and we don't really know what's out there, but what's more interesting is literally we share the earth with the ocean and there's shit that happens at the bottom of the ocean that nobody knows about because nobody's been there. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like so the novel that this is based off of is based on uh, the dude who did uh, like the Jurassic Park book. Okay. Like it's going to kind of have almost that vibe where it's like. They're discovering species that no one knew were alive. Yeah. And then it's kind of shit happens kind of thing. I'm into it. I like the Jurassic Park franchise. So, I mean. Yeah, me too. If this get if they pitched it or pitch it as like Jurassic Park but like more intense and underwater, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, I'm 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 the same way because I I really like it's kind of like you said, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff happens and you know space as far as TV and movies goes, but not a lot kind of explore the the depths of the bottom of the ocean, which like we know more about space than we do with the, than the bottom of the ocean, right? Yeah. So, I and it's HBO, so yeah. when? Yeah, I think this is, I think this is cool. I am really into this. Yeah, that's. that's it's gonna probably be a while. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it'll be a year or two out at least. Yeah, because it seems like it's this is, like it just got announced that they're making it, so I feel like it's a ways off, but. I was on board as soon as I saw from the producers of Westworld because I think Westworld is a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, Fair enough. So, yeah, I'm down for this. This seems cool. This seems rad. Mm Mm-hmm. In some not-so-rad news, it looks like they've delayed the Kingsman. Yeah. Yeah. Another movie to get a fucking pushback. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of... Yeah, the it's like yeah, everything's getting pushed, so I feel like this was probably inevitable. Uh, some of them, yeah. I honestly was hoping that this one wouldn't get pushed, given their like slow worldwide rollout of like Tenant and like Marvel's New Mutants after like twenty million fucking years is finally out. So I was kind of hoping yeah. that they would push forward with Kingsman, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I wonder... Because it's... Because Kingsman was Fox, and now Fox is Disney, right? So technically, this is Disney. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if they've... If maybe they'll end up... Like, I know they said, like, the Mulan thing was, like, a one-time thing. But I wonder if this is this ends up getting that same treatment maybe i don't think it will and here's why 
because Mulan is definitely made for the family. It's for the yeah. it's for the parents and the kids to all watch together. Yeah. But it's mostly for the kids. But like it's done in a way like you're you know you could sit down and watch yeah. it with your family, right? Yeah. The Kingsman yeah. isn't for kids, right? Oh. I think it's going to be strictly adults. And I think with Disney Plus, although they have like you know some National Geographic and some like other stuff on there, and like The Simpsons and some other more adult-ish geared stuff, yeah. I still don't think this would. I don't think they'd be able to get the same kind of money that they would get from doing Mulan. Yeah. As a single purchase. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like with this too, like it's like I, as much as I love the Kingsman movies, I don't feel like they're in a realm of like a tenant big where it's like, no. Hey, they need to put this in theaters because they know that's where they're gonna make their bank. Like this almost seems like hey, they know Kingsman does well enough, um, and it's it's done, you know, by all accounts. So it's like moving dates for it is probably just like a we know it, it we don't need this to come out right now probably right no i don't think they're in any rush and so so i i don't see it coming to to buy a, buy one time on disney plus but no that would be cool but i don't think it'll happen either yeah yep yeah i, and I all... totally forgot this was coming out in september I'm not gonna yeah lie. well not anymore but they also just recently uh, postponed that live table read for yes. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. Which... Due to technical difficulties, which I can imagine is trying to get all of these massive fucking yes. A-listers on a Skype call together. <laughs> yeah, me too. Although, deep down in my heart, I hope the technical difficulties was they couldn't get El Chapo. <laughs> release that El would be Chapo awesome. Cut. Hashtag release the El Chapo cut. Well, and since we initially discussed this happening, there's been some more names added to the A-list list, right? Like Brad yeah. Pitt wasn't when we initially discussed it. Brad Pitt wasn't a part of it. Jennifer yeah. Aniston was, but Brad Pitt wasn't. Sean Penn was. But they also Roberts was. No, so she's that's like another another yeah. big one. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Julie Roberts, Matthew McConaughey, Shia LaBeouf, Morgan Freeman, Henry Golden, Jimmy Kimmel's now on. Which John wasn't Legend, before. I don't think. And yeah. was Ray Liotta. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is just the sheer, and I totally get why, like, the technical difficulties would be getting all of these people, you know, together for four hours at the same time. It's, yeah. It, I can't even imagine the logistics that would have to go into yeah. making this all work. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to be something unlike anything else. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, like, on its face value, you tell me there's, like, a script read of Fast Times, you know, I'm I'm like, eh, you know, like, I enjoyed that movie, Um, I think it's a timeless classic, you know, but then when you read that original story, and it's like, oh, wow, this is who they're getting to read it, and then you look at it now, and you're just like, oh, wow, they're, they're doing even more people, like, yeah. it's kind of insane that they have, like, this huge ass cast doing it that like it's going to be this weird mashup of random big name you know actors and actresses just like reading random parts like who the hell is brad pitt gonna voice yeah i, I don't know right so yeah. so many questions i i gotta wonder with now with them pushing it is there going to be any like last minute additions 
Oh yeah, that would be good too. And like, who do you, who does John Legend voice? I mean, that dude's got the voice of an angel. So I mean, he can probably voice anyone. But yeah, I don't know. There's too many questions, and I don't think we're going to get any answers until we actually get there. And unfortunately, they pushed it to a new date and time, but didn't announce that date nor that time. Yeah. It is now fucking TBD. Yeah. Which I wonder how long it's TBD. I I feel like it's going to be probably a month. Yeah, cuz when was it originally supposed to Uh, it was supposed to stream the day that this article came out, so on the 21st. Right. Right. Yeah. I just have to fucking sit and wait patiently, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is... I'm, it's, with this cast, it is just, like, incredibly crazy how, they, how they're getting all these people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, in some news that may not make up for the fact that that's getting posted, though... I came across an article that says Hugh Jackman would be down to do a face-off reboot with Ryan Reynolds. Oh. I've, and I have so many mixed feelings on this. I would. I am nothing but excited about it. I mean, face-off at its core was a pretty terrible movie, but it was such a good movie at the same time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, it's such a bad movie, um, but I, it's also one of my favorite like '90s shitty action movies, just because of how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of amazing in that. This I, I would be kind of insane. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually put any weight into this actually being a thing or happening because, like, no. the whole thing is like Hugh Jackman said he would do it with Ryan Reynolds, but only under one condition, and that condition is that he doesn't have to actually be anywhere near Ryan Reynolds for any yeah. amount of time while they're filming. So yeah. I feel like it's a funny joke and a jab just to get everyone yeah. riled up but i don't think yeah. anyone's taking it serious but i bet i bet if the internet gets hyped enough for this and goes no like that was a funny joke and all but seriously this would be amazing yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if there's some behind the door conversations where they're going oh shit there actually is a a big fucking cry for this yeah. to actually happen and maybe it does end up getting some kind of production deal and, and actually happening. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, both those actors have, I think, enough weight behind them that if, if both of them wanted to make this, I I bet it could happen. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is this could be one of those things where it starts off as a joke and then just ends up being made because the internet is like no no wait that sounds amazing yeah no follow through that's not funny we're taking yeah. this serious meanwhile it's just one of the many fucking inside jokes between those two guys and then the internet is like whoa 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 hold on we want this <laughs> well i mean <clears throat> the internet is pushed to get things done before so it's not outside of the realm of possibilities yeah i mean that's kind of the only reason the fucking snyder cut is happening well, and if it wasn't for the quote-unquote accidental leaked Deadpool footage, we wouldn't have Deadpool. If it wasn't for the fans crying out 
and pushing for some kind of like funding campaign, we wouldn't have had Super Troopers 2. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So I, I feel like this is definitely in in and of itself right now isn't actually happening. It's not serious. I don't think like a script is being written. I don't think there's any preparation. But that being said, if there's enough if there's enough internet outrage or outcry for it, I I definitely think that this could happen in the years to come. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it actually got made. And I would be all fucking for it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I'd be curious, it, you know, if this actually got made, what the fuck the tone of it would be? Like, if they try to play into, hey, we're, we're rebooting Face Off, so they make it kind of this campy action thing, or if it goes in, like, I'd be curious, how, how, how do you do a Face Off, you know, reboot in 2020? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I don't know. You know, do you still, like, have a surgeon stitching on the actual face, or is it just some weird fucking deep fake? Yeah, I mean, the technology's there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Internet, will it in new existence? Please do. Please do. I would love to see it. Yes. And then we got Adam Sandler is doing a horror film for Netflix. Yeah. Which I, is kind of like super misleading because he says it's a horror film, but it's going to be rated PG-13 and it's going to be a holiday-based comedy with a few horror elements. Yeah. So immediately in my head, I'm thinking like Ernest Scared Straight. Yeah. Or like... Yeah. The old 90s film that I used to watch every Halloween as a kid, Hocus Pocus. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Where when I first, yeah. When I first read this article, I was like, oh, Adam Sandler making a Netflix horror movie. And I was like, like at first I was like super intrigued because I was like, oh, is he going to do like something in the vein of like uncut gems, but horror? And then like I scrolled down and I was like, oh, no, wait, it just seems like it's another one of those Adam Sandler Netflix movies. Yeah. So. so yeah, I was in the same boat. I I saw the headline and was like, okay, this I'm curious. I'm you have my attention. Like I, yeah, I haven't watched Uncut Gems yet. I'll be honest, but I've it's heard it. Yeah, I've heard amazing things about it. All of his other Netflix movies I did not like, except the one he did with Jennifer Aniston where they're on the boat. Well, I haven't watched any of them to be honest. So I can't remember what it's called, but the premise of that one is like him and Aniston. <clears throat> finally go on vacation after being married for like five years because they right. never never got the honeymoon and they end up on a fucking they go to i don't know somewhere in europe and they meet some dude on the plane who's like oh i have like this family function that's happening on our mega yacht just come with so they end up on the mega yacht someone gets killed and they have to try and like solve this murder mystery i think it was actually called murder mystery oh but it was actually pretty funny i actually enjoyed <laughs> that one not a can't say I cared for any of the other ones, but that one wasn't bad. So, yeah. but yeah, I was excited. I'm like, oh yeah, horror movie. Like, yeah. I yeah, this this could potentially be absolutely awful, but it would be very interesting to see what Adam Sandler would do with a horror movie. Yeah, for sure. Only for only sure. to find out that it's a kids movie with some jump scares. Yeah, yeah. Because same boat. Like I was super intrigued because I thought Uncut Gems was was really good. I think when he does these dramatic roles, he does them very well. All B, he doesn't do a whole lot of them. Um, but the ones he has done are really good. 
and I was like in the same boat oh this would be like really good and then I scrolled down and I was like oh maybe this is just a straight up pass <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but yeah but it, it looks like he's got some uh decent people like he's got Julie Bowen Ray Liotta Maya R- Rudolph Kevin James and Keenan Thompson all signed up so well yeah I mean you almost didn't need to see say Kevin James I mean yeah, I mean, they're, movie. <laughs> he's probably in it. Yeah, but I don't see David Spade yet. Yet, yeah, keyword yet. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah I, I don't know if there's anything else to say about it. We'll just leave that right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. So I, I did watch Project Power with Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good, and I hope they make a sequel. But I see that he's not camping, campaigning for a sequel to that. He's actually trying to get a new Spawn movie made so he can play Spawn. Yeah, yeah I don't know how I feel about this. I'm into it. I'm really into it. I thoroughly enjoyed the original Spawn movie. Yeah, me too. Like, I really liked it, and fucking, oh, who was it? Asaya Washington, something to that effect, who played... Who played Spawn the first time round? I think so, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Asaya something, because he was also in Exit Wounds. Never mind, Michael Jaw White. Oh, yes, that's right. And John Leguizamo as the clown? That's right, that's right. But I liked it. I thought that was a good movie, and I wanted a sequel. I never really got one. I mean, they did Spawn 2, I guess. Yeah. I feel like that... No, they didn't. Never mind. They never did a Spawn 2. Here I am looking at Spawn 2, and it's uh, Jamie Foxx and Jeremy Renner. So this must be the one that he's pushing for. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think that original Spawn kind of ended up in the cult classic territory. Mm Mm-hmm. Where, like, people, people love it now, but at the time, it probably didn't do all that well i i definitely would put it as a classic it, i i thought it was really well done done given its time so i've like with the way we have technology and stuff now in hollywood like fuck, nothing would make me happier for a new spawn and i honestly i do think jamie fox would absolutely crush it in a new spawn movie yeah i i'm I'm trying to remember the last Jamie Foxx movie I watched, and I can't remember, to be honest. But The last yeah. one I watched was Project Power, and he did really, really good in that one. Oh, really? That was Netflix one, right? Yeah. 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 I, it'd be... I'd be curious what what a spawn nowadays looks like. Yeah, that's... like So many questions, right? So... And like, so if, if Jamie Foxx is pushing for it and wants it really bad, and Todd McFarlane, who created Spawn, he himself is on board. So, yeah, I, I, I feel, feel like, like this this could happen. I feel like Todd McFarlane's kind of been pushing for another Spawn movie for a long time. So, oh, I guess I should have read more of the article because apparently it is confirmed in active development. Oh, so they but, just haven't cast yet. No, on IMDb they only have Jamie Foxx and Jeremy Renner listed as 
as a uh, cast members. So they're developing it. So I guess they still have some casting to go through and stuff and maybe punch up the script a little bit. But I feel like this is going to, the ball is rolling. Yeah. And it looks like it's uh Bloomhouse is doing this. Mm-hmm. So that seems right up, right up their wheelhouse with what they do. So yeah, I mean, I'd be down to, I'd be down to check this out. If this, I'm down for a spawn movie regardless. Um, if Jamie Foxx is doing it, sure. Why not? I like Jamie yeah, Foxx. I'm into it. Yeah, I'd I'd be down for that. Sure. So did you read about the uh Sherlock the Conan Doyle family suing Netflix? Yes. Yes, and this isn't the first time this has come up. No, I I actually I th- I thought it was until I like looked into it more and apparently the Sherlock series prior with Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. had a lawsuit launched against it and they settled out of court. They didn't yeah. seem to give a shit about the Will Ferrell. No. The Will Ferrell take on it. But I find it super, super interesting that this is even a thing. And for like those who don't know, Netflix has a show coming out called. What is it called? I don't even know what it's called. It's a weird name. Yeah. Enola in Enola Homes or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's based on like the sister or something. Yeah, and they're suing it. They so like the family Arthur Conan Doyle's family in the past here has lost all rights to all of the home stories after a certain date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it went went into public domain. Yeah, sorry, they lost all the copyright to all of the home stories written before 1923. Mm-hmm. So everything after that, they, they can lay copyright claim to. And I guess they're pulling the story from pre-1923, but they're suing Netflix because in this Netflix show, Henry Cavill plays mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes and uses emotions. And apparently in all of the stories prior to 1923, they didn't. there's no writings where like, it was written that he had any sort of emotional reaction. So they're saying Sherlock Holmes didn't have emotions until after 1923, which we do own the copyrights to. Therefore you're infringing on our copyrights because prior to 1923, Sherlock Holmes had no facial emotions or expressions. And that's where they're launching this fucking lawsuit from. Yeah. It's fucking weird. And uh, like I looked into this a little bit more and apparently like the general consensus is like, you know the 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 estate and and the people that are running the estate are they kind of just keep doing this you know anytime something Sherlock Holmes gets made because they're like it almost seems like they're trying to just cling on to you know those juicy royalties oh yeah it's definitely payday time that like that's all it is there's nothing else fucking to it yeah so it seems like they just kind of keep doing this like anyone that tries to make it they just try to almost launch like whatever fucking weakest legal battle they can on it to try to get some money out of it. Um, which is kind of insane. Yeah. And to sue for something over like something as ridiculous as this, that like, Oh, he has feelings and that's part of the later work that our great grandfather fucking wrote. Like what a cop out. Yeah. Like it seems like, like when I was reading up on, kind of some of this like it seems like every time they do this people are just like oh fuck come on like really you keep doing this because 
you know, the rights went into public domain and you're just trying to fucking squeeze it, you know, even more. Every, every fucking drop of blood they can get from that stone, they're going yeah, for it. Which, like, kind of fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It also seems like it's maybe they every time they do this, they maybe don't have the strongest legal case. So, <laughs> well, I mean, they settled out of court with uh, with them after Mr. Holmes came out. So, yeah, but I do find it odd that they went after Mr. Holmes in 2015, but when the 2018 Holmes and Watson with Will Farrell came out, no lawsuit. Yeah, and I wonder if. That was a case of the Holmes and Watson fell under like, um, oh shit, what is it? Where it falls under uh, like fair use for like spoofing, spoofing. Like I wonder if that was the case, or it it falls under that, and they're just like, yeah, no, you can't do anything because we're doing the spoof of it. Or they waited till it got released and was like, wow, no one's going to see that movie. There's no money to take. <laughs> There's no money to squeeze out of it. Um, yeah, but I bet it was a case of like it it under a spoof thing or something like that so they were just like well shit yeah i don't know so, very possible yeah but yeah this is like like i read it and it's just like i get that feeling of just like a bunch of fucking old guys you know running the doyle estate and it's just like give it a rest like fuck off yeah <laughs> like come on guys like really you're doing this again for the like fucking ninth time like give it a rest <laughs> No, I completely agree. I think it's absolutely absurd, but... Yes. I watched that Enola Holmes trailer. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it looked very good either, but... Because uh, I read the story, and then, like, I was like, oh, Henry Cavill? I was like, oh. And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I was like, fuck. That doesn't look good at all. <laughs> yeah, it was disappointing, because I'm a, I'm a Henry Cavill fan, so... Yeah, me too. Yeah, a little unfortunate I, to see it like this, but yeah, yeah, because like I saw this article and I was like, oh, the girl from Stranger Things, Henry Cavill. I was like, mm, what's this? And then I watched the trailer <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> this is yeah. like garbage. <laughs> oh well, yeah. So in other news, in Nicolas Cage news, he's going to voice a vodka drinking dragon in a series. On Amazon, called High Fire. You know, I think Nicolas Cage is like, I don't, I, there's an, there's so many words to describe him, and a lot of those words contradict each other. So, like, yeah. I, I mean, I, all you can just do is describe Nicolas Cage is as Nicolas Cage. So, yes. But, like, I don't, I can't say that I'm overly hyped about this. It's not something that's like, oh, I can't no. wait to hear this or watch this. Like, it's, no. It just just weird. Of, yeah, it just seems like another weird-ass Nicolas Cage story. I think he yeah. said this one week, like, I think the argument for Nicolas Cage is that he's literally the greatest actor ever, or he's the absolute worst actor ever, and no one knows. No, he blurs that line pretty, pretty aggressively. <laughs> yes, he's either the greatest actor to have ever lived, or he's the worst, and no one knows, and it could be either. I certainly don't know. Even Abed couldn't figure it out. No. Exactly. If Abed can't figure it out, no one can. Um, but yeah, like when I saw this, it was just it just seemed like a weird ass Nicolas Cage story where it's like, of course, that seems like something he'd do. 
Yep. That, that seems seems about right. So, yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot of this other than I was just like, huh. Interesting. That's a thing, apparently. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll check it out because it's Amazon at some point. Um, but, yeah. I probably won't. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. That's fair. So, yeah. Not really too much for this story other than, hey, this week's weird Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. thing. So... And then another one. So last week, I think it was, talked about um, Elizabeth Debicki. She was uh, got a Cast in the crown. Yeah, cast in the crown. And it looks like she got some more news. Um, She's going to be a spy in a World War II series. And I like spy stuff. So this was really interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm into the spy genre too. I don't yeah. care for the crown at all. I know that you fucking love that show for mm-hmm. reasons unknown to me, but it's my love for British TV. That's fair. I do think she is a phenomenal actress, yeah, and I do is. like these World War II spy era ones. Like, um, I am a fan. What was the the most dangerous game? No, what was the one with Benedict Benedict Cumber? Cumbersnatch. Oh, uh, the imitation game, I think. Yeah, that one was phenomenal. Yeah, it, really fascinating true story too, right? Yeah. Just so like, yeah. So like, I, I'm totally into those kind of things. So like, once more comes out about this, I mean, I'll probably get excited for it because she, like I said, she is a phenomenal actress. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. on board to see her in a in a spy movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm down for this and. Like, if people want to, I guess, get a kind of sense of her in the spy genre, obviously Tenant is going to be coming out, but uh, she was also in The Night Manager, um, which was kind of a spy thriller uh, series as well. So, Was it, though? Isn't that the one where he's on the spectrum and creepy watching everyone? No, no. So that that one was... Um... It was a. It was kind of a spy one with. Um, no, why can't I remember either of their names? With Hugh Laurie and uh, the dude who played Loki. Oh, okay. And she played Hugh Laurie's um, wife, and then the dude who played Loki is like a spy that infiltrates that criminal organization, and she kind of ends up kind of being a double agent kind of thing. So yeah. Oh yeah, no, never watched that one. Yeah. What was the it's one good. I was thinking of then? I also thought it was called The Night Manager. It had Anna oh, Armas in it. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I just don't I, remember. I literally just watched it, like, not that long ago. The Night Clerk. That's what oh, it was. Yeah. Yes. Fair enough. It wasn't a bad movie, either. No. But, yeah, this one's still early development but and it's based on true stories so all of these kind of old timey true story spy stuff I think are always fascinating so yeah no absolutely so yeah I'm excited for this not a whole lot of details but I was like oh this looks cool I like her so yeah go get it girl sign me up yeah and then then our 
Oh yeah, our last piece of news. I'm not I'm not excited about this at all. Yeah. It's a, an animated X-Files comedy spin-off. <laughs> Who the fuck in their right mind asked for this and thought this was a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. And like we don't have a whole lot of news about it, but it doesn't look like uh the original voices are going to come back. Yeah, it doesn't look like David Duchovny or Gillian Anderson are attached to do anything in this capacity. Yeah. And it comes from the writers of Paradise PD and Brickleberry, which were not, in my opinion, very funny fucking comedy cartoons either. No. So I... There's just a whole lot of I don't fucking... None of this sounds appealing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of the same way. Like, I... It'd be different if, you know, Duchovny and and them were signed on, but Yeah, the, I honest, honestly if they if they got Duchovny and uh Anderson to sign on to like do their voices, I might get a little bit more behind it. Yeah. But I don't think that it should be an animated series at all, given how amazing the actual show was. And if you don't have if you're gonna do it animated and you don't have the original voice Voices of Mulder and Scully, like, yeah. And well, and it looks why do it? Yeah, well, and it looks like it, they're calling it the X Files Albuquerque. So I would imagine that's a complete, yeah, complete spinoff with different people investigating stuff. But I, it was such a like in the '90s when that show was original originally out, it was intense. It was scary. Yeah. It was something like. I used to sneak down the stairs when my parents were watching it and try to like sneak watch it. And then I'd have nightmares for days. Like, Oh yeah. For sure, so yeah. to turn it into a bright colored animated comedy, I, yeah, this just sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I feel like the only smartest move that they did with this is maybe making it based on different people. Like, I feel like that's the only way you could do this and maybe have it work. Um, but even then, like I still looked at this and was just like, what the fuck? But like, why, why? why, if you're using different people in a different location, why even use the X-Files? Like, you, like, you know, they have yeah. to pay to try and get the rights to even use the X-Files names. Right. So why wouldn't they just come up with their own supernatural? Well, they, they own the, like it's, it's Fox doing it and Fox owns. Oh. Right, so. Still, I think they would have been better suited to do, their own show and just leave the X-Files name detached from whatever the fuck this is going to turn out to be. Yeah. And I feel like this is just them keep, keep trying to revamp the X-Files because what was it? Uh, a few years ago, they, they brought both of them back for like one season or something like that. Oh, I watched it and it was good. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's Fox trying to just be like, we we have this franchise and we got to revive it somehow. Yeah, there's still money to be made off of this one, guys. Plus, you know, we're Hollywood and we're out of ideas, so yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't really have much to say on that other than I am not fucking excited about it at all. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. Well, not at all. Well, then on to on to what we've uh, watched this week. Yeah. So you finally catching up on Big Brother? Uh, I'm not fully caught up, but I watched, oh shit, six episodes of like the first two weeks. You're maybe? not you're not that far behind then. Um, yeah, just kind of threw it on, and 
it's decent. It's I, it's killing me. So, my overall feeling um, is, I think half of those all stars are really good, and I think the other half don't need to be there. So I have this feeling that like the first whatever those six episodes I watched, like there was some good gameplay, but then there was also just a bunch of people that didn't seem like they were in the caliber of the other people. And I just had this thought, like, I bet this show is going to be amazing halfway through when all the people that are not that good get weeded out. Well, and unfortunately what is happening is like, so if, if you've watched the first two weeks, then you would have seen Nicole a get it knocked out and Keisha. Keisha was the first, Nicole yeah. A was the second, and they just evicted a third one, which I, I won't say because you obviously haven't seen it yet. But uh, yeah, Nicole wasn't a crazy strong player, and I don't remember Keisha's season, so I can't comment either way. The person they kicked out just a few days ago, she was a fucking like big brother legend and a machine, like great social game, like... Not so much this season, but generally speaking in the past, really good at competitions. And like everyone's just scared. So like what's really starting to irk me is I don't know if you've noticed, but one of the players in the show, David. Uh, he's the black guy. He's the only black guy in there. Okay, yeah. So he was on last year and he okay. got knocked out like the first fucking night of Big Brother and then put in a camp comeback. And he got to like come back into the house and then got knocked out again immediately. So he played for like two weeks. Oh, right. Okay. I remember them showing that in like one of the so, episodes. First and fucking foremost, this guy does not belong on an all star season because no. he is n in no way, shape, or form an all star. No. Like, as far as the all star season goes right now, two of them have actually won. Mm -hmm. Like, four, five, or six of them have made it to final two. Yeah. or final three yeah. and then there's a couple that made it to final four and then there's a couple that were just like didn't really make it that far but people find them entertaining like bailey yeah. like i don't yeah. think bailey should be in an all-star season but no. okay whatever but david what I mean. david doesn't belong there and it irritates yeah. me because he's said in the past like when he went on big brother last year he said I'm coming in and I want to win this because a black person has never won big brother. And I want to be the first black person to win big brother. Yeah. And then straight up admits he's never watched big brother prior to this. <laughs> and then, Oh no, it gets worse. The season that he was on very briefly, he became friends with another guy in the house named Ovi who got eliminated fairly early on. And Ovi is a, is what you'd call a super fan. Watched all the seasons yeah. multiple times, da-da-da-da-da. So after that season wraps, David and Ovi keep in touch. David tells Ovi, hey, they're asking me to come back for this all-star season. Ovi says, fantastic, dude. That's awesome. And then David asks him, okay, I feel like I need to be better prepared this time. What do I need to know? So Ovi gave him a list of like specific seasons to watch. Gave him a list of different things that he needs to watch out for, different moves yeah. to make strategies like all of this stuff in an attempt to prepare david and then right before going into the house david admitted to him that he didn't actually read anything he didn't watch anything and he's going in again never having really even watched a fucking season of big brother yeah yeah and the, it's like I, and I follow the big brother subreddit so a lot of people yeah. talk about what happens on the live feeds Okay. And it's and it's like everyone is going against David hard now because oh, they're really? like this dude's over here talking about this and he's talking about that. 
and like right. he has no idea what he's talking about and he's pissing people off like oh, yeah. he formed that alliance with Davon and Bailey early on but then oh, started they're... to like shatter it and then he formed a pseudo alliance with Tyler and then like oh, right. this week he fucking flat out like straight up threw Tyler under the bus and like blew up Tyler oh. and was like I'm sorry, man. Like it was an accident, and like, every, like Tyler's going, "What the fuck? That how does that even happen?" Yeah. So like, it it kills me because like, Kesar and Janelle are my yeah. two favorite players. Yeah, they're really good. because they're so fucking smart. But everyone yeah. is going after them because they're scared of fucking Kesar and Janelle, yeah. and it and it it really upsets me because they're my two favorite fucking players in this season yeah. bar none. I love them, but it's just, it's them versus the house and it's disheartening yeah. week after week to see all these people like, Oh, we got to get Kesar and Janelle out because they're mega threats and they're super dangerous mm -hmm. and da, 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 da. They're competition beasts. And it's like, neither of these guys have won a single competition yet this entire fucking season. Like yeah. I get so sick of hearing that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And like when I was watching it, like, I, I just had the feeling where I was just like, if half of these people weren't weren't in the show to begin with, it would be a lot better. Um, well, this upcoming week, starting tonight, because there's a new episode tonight, shit's about to get real. Like okay. things are about to fucking get wild in that house. Yeah, but I mean, it it always generally starts out slow where they like yeah, yeah. put up the safe nomination where they don't piss everybody yeah. off and like yeah, they weed yeah. out a couple people, but then people from alliances start going home and then things start getting personal. And that's where we're at now. We're like, yeah, people are like personally getting fucking worked up and upset. So like, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely probably check check more of it out. It, it like it's. With the amount of episodes that show has per week, like, I, I'm probably not going to be the person that watches it every night, you know, during the week. But I might keep doing what I've been doing where it's like, okay, there's six new episodes. I'll just, let's binge these on one day kind of thing. But, like, I did enjoy it. Like, some of the, like, the Janelle and KSR stuff, like, I thought that was really good. They were, like, thinking way ahead at the beginning. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, uh just like oh yeah i totally know what's gonna happen and we did this and saved ourselves um you know so like watching that stuff i was like okay there's there is some really good gameplay happening um but there's all a lot of not so good gameplay happening yeah uh, you know at the same time you know so i think you're right like once you know a few people kind of get weeded out where it's like hey get the fuck out of here kind of thing then it'll get really good so so yeah, like yeah. I'll I'll probably keep watching it, um, because yeah, there was some stuff where I was like, oh, this is some some good gameplay happening, um, mm -hmm. you know, which is why I haven't watched a lot of the previous seasons, is because I didn't think there was a whole lot of good gameplay. Um, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so that's my my little take on Big Brother so far is not bad. Mm, I'm getting amped, getting yeah. amped on it. I probably I probably will too once I catch up more. So. So I put the I put the binge on here. I haven't watched it yet. It's on my list. Okay. Just because the premise sounds very interesting to me. I've never heard of this. So it's a Hulu movie. So did you did you ever watch Project X? Yes. Where the kids throw the crazy wild house party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's in the same vein as that, 
but the plot is it's like Project X meets The Purge. Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking at it on IMDb. Yeah, so the the premise is is like drugs and alcohol are illegal 364 days a year, but one, one day, day a year mm-hmm. you can do all the drugs and drink all the alcohol you want with no repercussions and these huh. guys throw a party because, you know, it's that one day a year where you can get fucking super fucked. So, I, like I said, I haven't watched it, but I came across it randomly in like my Google news feed and I was like, yeah. that's probably seems not going to be a super amazing movie, but I'm curious. It seems, it seems all right. Yeah, I like Vince yeah. Yeah, it has my attention. So yeah. I can't say much more than that because, like I said, haven't watched it yet. But it is on the list, so hopefully by next week. Yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna add this to my list because it seems like kind of one of those all right comedies mm-hmm. where it's like probably nothing spectacular, but like just hey, a fun got, time. He, here's a here's a fun time on a Friday night, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, get, for get sure. Here's out in the pizza and and watch this Vince Vaughn comedy. Yeah, I'm down for that. That seems cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, the fucking one of the uh, one of the kids uh, was in that fucking. Oh, uh, why can't I think of it right now? The remake, one of my fucking favorite comedies, Chevy Chase. Oh fuck! I I don't know. Oh my god! Oh, like the new vacation yes fuck i don't we're recording too really i couldn't think of that with jason sudeckis and jennifer yeah. aniston no 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 with um it was the vacation reboot with uh, the dude from the office oh yeah 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 yeah. i was thinking of we are the millers for some reason yes yes and he was in that and i actually thought that vacation reboot was actually kind of all right i yeah i actually really enjoyed it myself truth you know, be told close to the original vacations because i love those but but he was in that, and I thought he, he was actually pretty good. He actually had the comedy chops, so. Yeah, well, should, it should be an interesting watch, I think. Yeah, I'll check it out. And then I did watch Project Power, finally. And I actually, I enjoyed it. I don't, as far as, like, the other Netflix big-budget movies they've released, like, I don't know if I'd say it was better than Old Guard or better than that Extraction one with right. uh, Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a good fun entertaining movie lots of action the special effects yep. were very well done yep. i like jamie fox and i'm a big fan of joseph gordon levitt oh, so yeah. yeah so yeah. it was actually it was actually pretty decent and then there's like little little like random cameos that come throughout that movie that i thought were cool like in one scene casey neistat has a part in that movie and i was like oh, oh shit really? it's casey neistat what the fuck are you doing in here yeah exactly so huh. no it was it was a good fun good fun time i mean if you're just scrolling through netflix and you're like fuck i don't know what to watch that's i would definitely put that as a contender if you've already seen like extraction and old guard and whatnot yeah this kind of seems like just kind of and i think we've talked about this before just like kind of another one of those all right netflix action movies where it's just like hey they keep making these and they're nothing spectacular but they're totally serviceable like action movies right yeah, exactly. So, you know, if it's if it's another one of those and it's in, in the kind of somewhat caliber that they've all been so far, I'll check this out because I totally love those Netflix movies where it's like, hey, Friday night, I'm going to throw on fucking Six Underground or, you know, Extraction or whatever the fuck it is, right? And I think I think Netflix would be wise to try and pitch an angle like that. Yeah. yeah. Like 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 
specifically when you said Friday night, right? Like, because yeah. they typically will release their movies like on a Monday or a Tuesday, yeah. like random times, right? Yeah. But if Netflix had a bunch of these big blockbusters and was like, okay, the second Friday of every month, we're going to release like a new two hour, you know, like bigger budget, yeah. you know, action entertainment type film and then kind of like market it like, hey, every second Friday, bring the family together for fucking Netflix movie night, right? Like, yeah. I think that would be a phenomenal marketing campaign. Oh yeah, because that's that's exactly what I've, I think what I've done with every one of those Netflix action movies. It's like, oh, it's Friday night. It's been a long week. I'm gonna order my usual pizza and have a couple of beers and just watch this action movie, and it's great. It's totally I amazing. I would also like to see because like Netflix already does it with some of their shows where you get new episodes weekly. Mm -hmm. To have like three or four of them, and kind of like immediately my head goes revive TGIF. Oh, yeah. Where you air the new these new episodes, and they all come out one after another on Friday night. So a guy could sit oh, down, yeah. and it would be like, "Thank God it's Friday," and you yep. sit down, and you got four new Netflix comedy shows, and have it set up so like you watch one, and then it immediately plays the next yeah. show like one after another. Like I think that would be phenomenal. I think that could work. Mm hmm. You know whether that. You know, a big part of, you know, the Netflix appeals is just always there. Um, binge it how you want it kind of thing. So whether they move away and, from something that... Well, and you could still... And yeah, I mean, like, yeah. still keep some of these... Like, when you un release Unsolved Mysteries, dump the whole fucking thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think it would be interesting if, if they did take some shows and turn it into, like, instead of, you know, new episodes on Tuesdays, do it as, like a new block of entertainment yeah. on Friday nights. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that would definitely like, not that the cable network is fucking like they're already dying as it is, but that would be like another ax into the back. That is yeah. network television. Right. Yeah. I think so. I think that could work if they, if they did it right. If they had to, if they, the key to that would be the lineup. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'd, I'd be curious if they did something like that, mm -hmm. but and I finally finished Down to Earth with Zac oh, Efron. Yes. Oh, yes. So aside from some of like the weird pseudoscience nonsense they spout in that show, which yeah. honestly was not as much as I thought, there actually is some oh, good yeah. like, because yeah, there was yeah. just, yeah, there's a couple episodes where they made some comments and I'm like, that's not fucking true. <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing. But it, it did, and I thought that was going to be a recurring theme amongst oh. the show, but it, apparently, it, it definitely wasn't. It was the first couple oh, okay. episodes, there were some oh, things yeah. where it's like, that's false. But the rest of it was actually pretty decent yeah and like me and the the fiance there we both like we really enjoyed it because like you get to see all these really cool places you get to see oh, how yeah. people live oh, and yeah. honestly it made me a bigger fan of zach efron because like don't get me wrong i'm sure a large portion of this is for like television and stuff like that but like yeah. a lot of these places he goes he's not only there to like shed light on something and bring and try to like help get more support and donations and stuff for the different things he's seen but he also puts his money where his mouth is and is donating his own money and in some instances like actually volunteering and like physically getting involved in a lot of these things okay which i thought was really cool so like it just yeah like zach efron was always just zach efron to me right he was like yeah. the cute guy from holly or high school musical but like yeah. i i definitely have more respect for him now having seen this show that he's actually willing to go out and actually do it and not just here's the check yeah 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 that seems cool like that. And yeah, and seeing the different parts of the world and stuff was just, it's also really, really fascinating, right? So, oh yeah, especially in a time where like you, 
a lot you can't really get on a plane and go to those places yeah <laughs> right you know so that that'll probably appeal to a lot of people is to be so able to do that it's yeah. yeah it started off rocky but it finished good it finished it finished really good and the last episode was just really really sad and unfortunate because like he travels like the whole show he does he does it with a guy named darren olin i think is his last name anyway he's like a health guru who like writes books on like what foods to eat and stuff and like for someone in his i think he's in his late 40s early 50s he's in immaculate shape yep but uh the last episode they were filming in i don't know near a rainforest like the amazon or something like that and that was right when the 2018 wildfires were happening oh right. and when they finally get out of the bush his phone just blows up and they're like it's like his mom and his ex-wife and family members and neighbors they're all like yeah man your house in malibu's gone oh shit and then like the very last scene of the very last episode is like him rolling up to where his house used to be with like his cell phone camera and like it shows you a picture of what his place looked like and what it looks now and he's just like like gets emotional and he's like oh "Oh, no and he starts crying and then he starts screaming like fuck well yeah like come back to all your shit yeah so it's pretty pretty fucking emotional yeah that's good that intro turned around for you yeah i'm happy with the way it ended i'm I'm pretty pretty happy yeah that's good to hear because when you first talked about it it kind of seemed on the fence almost and yeah i definitely was so that's good that it actually turned out to be a good thing and that Zach Efron seems like a decent person, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. I might check that out at one point. Those shows have never really been in my wheelhouse. Like it's never usually something I'm. That I'm yeah, like, oh, that's I fair. Totally want to go watch this travel show or whatever, but it wouldn't have been high on my list. It was weird trying to figure out something to watch, and like there's a handful of shows that like the old lady and I watched together, and we were right. just looking for something that we would both perhaps enjoy. Right. So you just threw so, it on. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's fair. So, so go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So, tell me about Batman Hush. Yeah, so I decided to watch some animated movies. Um, and I watched this, and I don't know how I feel about it. I didn't even know it was a thing until I saw yeah. it on our on our topics list here. Didn't even know there was a movie called Batman Hush. Yeah. Um. So I. That's a hard graphic novel to put into a fucking hour 40 minute animated movie because it's big is it yeah and it has a lot like it's it's kind of got a lot going on to it um and they changed kind of one of the big twists and i don't actually think it worked no so i don't know i don't know if you're gonna like i don't want to say it if you want to watch it um uh realistically i probably won't watch it Okay, so like essentially, so in the graphic novel, um, the Batman villain is Hush, um, and it turns out it's like this dude who's got um, like face wrap on it, and it's like one of Bruce Wayne's like childhood friends and like adult friends turns out to be the villain, and it's like this big kind of shock turning point. Um, but for the movie, they made it that, um, that's not the case and that it's actually just the Riddler. Oh. Yeah. And I I feel like it, it totally didn't work. Um Why would you do happened, that? Yeah, and like like when when that happened, I was like, wait, what? 
And like, I actually had to double check because it's been like a handful of years since I read the original graphic novel. And I was like, is that how that happened in the novel? That's not what I remember. And then I looked it up and I was like, no, that's, I don't think that's how that happened. And yeah, I was like, that's really weird. And I don't think it worked at all because I was just like, oh, that's not this story at all. Well, just hearing about it, it, I already feel like it doesn't work, and I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, so, like, I wasn't real real happy with that. Um, other than that, like, it seemed fine enough. Other than, like, the voices. But that's just because Kevin Conroy wasn't voicing Batman, and I have a hard time hearing anyone but him. But other than that, like, it seemed all right, but it's just, it seemed like... It it almost needed to be two parts because of how big that ori- original graphic novel is. Like, because there was parts where I was like, "Oh, they didn't have that in there," and I would have thought you would have wanted that in there. You just cut out way too much, eh? Yeah. Which, like, if you're gonna do, like, with those big graphic novels, because it's like, "Oh, what do you include? What do you don't?" Um, that's always gonna be a hard thing. Um, yeah. But like, I feel like if you're gonna do it, do it in like two or three parts or something like that. Um, which they didn't, which I I think worked against it because I was like waiting for a few parts and I was like, oh, that just they straight up didn't put that in, or it's like, oh, that's why did you put that part in and not the other part, um, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Other than that, like it was decent. Um, like it, like it was well enough made, but I was just I totally was expecting something different. Um having fond memories of that graphic novel, I was like, oh, and them changing that twist, um, I was like, oh, that totally didn't work in my mind. I was like, that that doesn't make any sense. Well, if you're a fan of the original source material and then you see someone not only condense it so much that a lot of the parts that you enjoy are not part of the new format, and then not only that, but they completely rewrite a portion of it, I would be pretty, I'd be pretty miffed. Yeah, and it's like I get, like, that maybe you want to like tell it differently because it's a new medium or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Not good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to break my heart. Like I said, I wasn't planning on watching it anyway. And even more so, am I not going to watch it now? Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I would say like if you're. If you're looking for like an animated Batman to watch, um, stick to the Killing Joke. Yeah, or uh, some of the other ones because there's been some really good recent ones too and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe skip this one. Actually, good to know. I didn't think it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah. It's weird. Because yeah, that. Unless I'm totally misremembering Hush, but. I don't remember that being the twist. I'd never read it, so I couldn't comment either way. I should maybe check, make sure that I'm actually not misremembering this so that I'm not just shitting on it for no reason. You didn't? So when you found that the Hush was actually the Riddler and you were like, oh, that's not how I remember it, this bums me out, you didn't actually check afterwards? No, I thought I did. I feel like you would have. I mean, that's definitely something I would have looked into immediately if I was like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Oh, no. No, so... Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't. Well, 
unfortunate that you had a bad experience with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also checked out American Horror Story. Finally. What seasons yeah. did you decide to watch? I just started with number one. Murder House. That's one of the best seasons. Yeah. So just um, like just decided to start from the beginning. I haven't checked out too much. I think two or three episodes I watched. Uh, so like nothing crazy. Um, like I haven't watched too much of it, but yeah, it's, it's not bad. I like it. It's, it's not bad. eh? So you're not right into it, but you're not against it. Yeah. It's, and maybe it's just cause I haven't watched, like I'm not super deep into it yet. Um, but like, it's pretty good. Like it's, I think it's well shot. I think the music is pretty good. Like it's got that nice horror vibe to it. Oh yeah, they really crush it with the music. Yeah, um, the cast is really good. And yeah, uh, I I think it will start coming around more sort for you once you get into later seasons because it, it's truly interesting to see these actors like play different characters in different seasons. But it's also interesting, like as they hint and call back to previous seasons because it's all one big universe, right? And they do yeah. a really good job of how it's all one universe. Yeah. And that's kind of why I wanted to start watching it because it was like the fact that they just have these like independent but connected seasons. Because mm-hmm. they take place like not only different locations, but like completely different time periods too, like the modern 2000s and then they go to the eighties and then they go all the way back to like the fifties and sixties and like, but, and they're, they're very on point with their continuity. Like it's very well thought out of, like it's a very solid roadmap of how things interconnect and where things go. And then when you get to like the last two seasons here, like all the pieces start falling into place where you're like, okay, I think I know how this all turns out, but you don't quite know. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's so far I'm liking it like and like like I said I think once I get more into it like get more invested into it I think I think I'll actually really really enjoy it I think it's just like only having watched two or three episodes so far yeah um, well just kind of getting into it well and there are going to be some seasons that you go to watch that you're going to be like this wasn't as good as the other season like there's some season there's some high and low points for sure. But it like it definitely is a roller coaster. Like you'll get a really good season, then a mediocre yeah. one, then like two really good ones, and then it's not quite as good. And then it, okay, now it's getting worse. And like, what are they doing? But then it starts climbing again. And like, yeah, it's one of those things that you have to pre- be prepared with that not every single season is as amazing as every other season. I guess if that makes sense. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, the last one they did the 1984, where they did it as an 80 or horny teens at a camp it was yeah. it was so fucking good yeah and that's actually that was because i think that w- when we first originally talked about this i don't remember when that was and you told me about that 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 totally made me want to watch the show because i love that kind of style of like campy fucking 80s teenagers in the woods mm-hmm. um, well so you've so you've seen a couple episodes so you've obviously heard the american horror story like that intro theme song yeah which is really good so generally speaking, it's the th- same theme song throughout every season. It's just the images that they show you change. Oh, okay. 
except with 1984. Oh. They changed the intro theme song in 1984. And like, even though you're several seasons away from watching it, at some point you should just go on YouTube and look up the 1984 intro and watch it. And like, you'll start to get fucking hyped. Hmm. Interesting that they decided to change it just for that season. That's the only one I vividly recall it being different. So maybe it's slightly different or something each season. Maybe. Yeah. I, d- I definitely know there are some seasons where the intro is like verbatim it's the same fucking intro maybe in other seasons they've tweaked some sounds or something a little bit but like eight night american horror story 1984 is the first time where like the theme song is completely different oh and i shouldn't even say completely different it's the same but it's done in an 80s 80s synth style oh that's i'm gonna fucking pull that up immediately after the this episode because yeah it's, it's like 80 synth is like I love yeah like it's the rap. same song but instead of but they do it with you know guitars and synthesizers and stuff like that like it's it's yeah immediately what, after this when i when i first watched it because like the the intro leaked before the actual like s- that season started oh right right and i was like oh, i don't really care about the 80 kind of stuff that much like i don't know yeah. how i feel or how this yeah. is going to go and then i watched that like the new intro video and i was like oh yeah i'm fucking all in yeah i i'm going to immediately try to find that afterwards cuz i love that style of music so and the other interesting part about the whole series in general is there's a lot of like um characters and hauntings ghosts killers whatever that are like made up for the show oh but, okay but then there's also a lot that they that are like Draw, real. Like, oh, okay. Like real folk, like folklore kind of tales kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, like okay. I can't remember the the one of the main like guys in the 84 season. I can't remember his name. It's like something Ramiro or whatever, but he was like the LA Night Stalker, I think, oh, which was like an yeah. actual guy. Yeah. Like the LA Night yeah. Stalker was a real thing and then in the one season it's the American Horror Story, I think it's Hotel and in that hotel, you get to see, like, Dahmer's in there and fucking, oh, what's his name? Something, J- JB or JD. Uh, he was oh. the one behind Murder Mansion where he, like, built mm-hmm. that mansion with all the hidden trap doors and was, like, yeah, a real yeah, sycophant. Yeah. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio was supposed to star in a live-action movie about him, but I don't know what ever happened to that. Yeah, me neither. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting blend of like fictional things made up yeah. for the show, but also real life killers and murderers and stuff. So like it's they, yeah, they do it, it really well. And I think that's what that's what kind of really turned me towards like wanting to check out this show is well, A, I was also looking for another show to start. Um and I was like, Oh, this is as good as one as any and it's got like nine seasons, so let's uh commit to this for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, just the, the thing where it's like, hey, it's kind of based on, it's got some of these real kind of tales and some of these made up ones, and it's this new thing every season, and then they all kind of connect, kind of, but they don't, but they do. Yeah, and it's just like, like it's, it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, because it, it, their blend is truly nice. Like it's cool seeing their made up shit. It's even cooler like where they like bring people in. It's like, oh, that's. That's an actual guy. Yeah. Like so, they and then there's other times where like I think it was the Roanoke season where they'd introduce the Roanoke story, which 
it's like one of those things where it's made up and not made up. Like there is the oh, Roanoke yeah. myth and stuff. Like it's right. never been proven, but it is right. like real world lore, right? Yeah, which is I think that's super cool. So have yeah. they have they said anything about like if they're gonna have like whenever this show ends, like are they gonna have one crazy like tie in fucking like event? Have they said Nothing, anything about that? Nothing's been confirmed, but the writers of the show, which it's not like I feel like I'm disrespecting them because it's such an amazing show, but I can't remember their names. But there've been like interviews and stuff where they've kind of hinted at there's only going to be one or two more seasons and that like there's a lot of links from season to season and character to character. And then there's a lot where you're like, okay, I see these guys are tied in to each other, but why? Right. So they've kind of said like over the last one or two seasons that they do, everything will kind of come together and you'll see like the whole series is like one big puzzle. Oh, okay. So they are going to actually like weirdly tie this whole fucking thing together. Yeah. And by the time, and by the time you get to the end of 1984, you can already see like a lot of the connections. Like you'll find out like this one character, like I don't remember any of their names. Like I'm, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but like one of the main characters from this season, you know, three seasons later, you find out that, that guy actually had a kid and his kid is now the main character in this season or this person here has all these issues. And then you like find out later in that season that he actually, uh, when, when he was younger was committed to the mental hospital from season two. So like, there's like, yeah, these weird little tie-ins and throwbacks throughout the whole series. And then in not 19, right before 84, I think it was American horror story apocalypse. And in that one, they tie a lot together because it involves characters from a couple different seasons. It involves all the witches from the Covenant season. And they go all the way back to Murder House. Oh. And tie up some questions that people had from the end of Murder House. Like, it links backwards, like, all the way to season one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'm most excited about um, for the show. Is, like, seeing all those plot threads. Um, and yeah, just, it's so well done, so well done. Yeah, and like, um, like I said, I'm only like two or three episodes in, and, and granted, like horror is not my genre, but I'm I'm quite enjoying it. Where I'm just like, oh, this is really good, like production value. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember the last time I saw Dylan McDermott in anything, so I was like, hey, I remember you. Um, yeah, and he, I think he's in the first season and the second season, and then he like has random cameos in various seasons throughout the rest of the series oh that's cool um but yeah like so far i'm really digging it like i think the music is really it's got really good creepy music i'm a fan of that and the acting seems solid yeah it seems it seems cool i'm excited to watch more of it and at all of that yeah i'm excited for you to get further further in so we can start discussing in more detail some of this stuff yes I would I would say if if people are listening, you know, get ready for probably fifteen to twenty minutes of me talking about American Horror Story for the foreseeable future till I finish all of it. <laughs> That's fair. It reminded me of watching American Horror Story. Reminded me of uh, they did that the American Crime show. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. With the the OJ Simpson season. Yeah, I forgot how fucking good that was. It was so well done. It was, yeah. And I was. Just, and it, 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 they're doing something similar with that too, where they're going to do, where they're doing like an American crime one now, where they're doing different cases. 
Oh, really? Because they, they and the second season of it is already out. Um, it's based on like the Versace kind of murders. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And so I don't know what if they've announced um, what the third season is. I'm gonna quickly look that up. Oh, it was apparently going to be based on. Oh, it was originally going to be like based on like the Katrina hurricane. Oh. But then they scrapped that. And now apparently the third season is going to be titled Impeachment. And we'll focus on Bill Clinton's uh, stuff with Monica Lewinsky. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's a weird, weird, yeah, weird way to go with that, but whatever. Yeah, why not? But yeah, it just reminded me when they did that, and I was like, oh man, that that American Crime Story season based on that OJ case was real good, and this mm. show seems real good too. It really is. Like I said, there's going to be some seasons that you're not going to be a fan of. No. I would assume. I mean, at least for me, anyway, there are a couple seasons like I watched through, but I'm like, that wasn't that fucking great of a season. But yeah. like, it all ties in nice and. You get a not so great season, but then you get like a phenomenal season. Yeah, and I like know knowing that going in, I feel like you probably within the first few episodes you'll be able to go, okay, this isn't the you know one of those not so great seasons, so I'm gonna turn this into a background show. Mm-hmm. And then, you know the next season you'll go one or two episodes and go, oh, this is this is the one that gets my full attention, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for it because well, not only. Because there's like nine fucking seasons of it, so I've got TV for a good long time. Yeah, yeah no, I like I really like the first one. The Murder House was good. The Covenant one was okay. The Circus one was it was okay in my mind. The yeah. Asylum one I I thoroughly enjoyed. The Hotel one I thought was kind of hit or miss. I really enjoyed the Apocalypse season. I really enjoyed the um. I don't know what it was called, but it was basically like a guy who's trying to run for president is like in the vein of Charles Manson. Oh, like he like had a devout group of followers and was trying to push himself into like the political spotlight. And that one was really good. And this this last one, this 1984 is by by far my favorite season they've done. Yeah, that's the one that I'm probably the most excited for just because like I love that era. Um, But yeah, I'm excited for it. It's uh, mm-hmm. mostly just because it's that weird connected universe. I love when stuff does that where they just have a weird connected thing and they hint and tease and then tie it together. I love when I love when that's done well. I should rephrase when it's done poorly, too. It fucking sucks. Um, yeah, for sure. But when it's done well, it's fucking rad. So, but yeah. that's, that's all. all uh, I got. Yeah, that's all I got too. So I guess on that note, we'll fucking bid adieu. Sounds good. All right. Later. Later.